This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is Aikido. I am your host, Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, located in California's beautiful Central Valley. Today with me is... Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno, located in California's beautiful Central Valley. <laughs> and my Salami Daniel, third Q and student at the beautiful Aikido of Fresno. I should say it's the Central San Joaquin Valley, so that right. people don't get confused. There are a lot of valleys. And they don't think that uh, we're in the San Fernando Valley, for example. Right, yeah. And everyone from valley. every valley thinks their valley is the valley. The valley. So or they're you, like, oh, I'm from right. the valley, and you're like, right. wait, which, wait. Yeah. We are from the single largest valley that takes up a huge portion of the state. So suck it, San Yeah, that's right. That's right, San Fernando. Suck it, San Fernando. A little blip on the radar. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, so we're talking uh, Aikido. Because that's what, uh, that's what, that's we, what we do from week to week. Uh, and this week, specifically, we are going to take a topic that was uh, suggested by Robert Wallace. Um, he's been a good one for us. At yeah, give us, like. give us a couple good good subjects. Keep so, them coming. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> he wanted to know about <clears throat> solo training. Solo training. Solo training. And I feel this is a real it's a, uh, it's a hot topic. sore sore subject with a lot of Aikido people. Like, you know, when I'm by myself, how do I train? Right. You hear this a lot. And I, uh, I uh, would tend to agree because it's like just thinking about it like just uh, like right off the top of my head, you go solo training, Aikido, and then I say, how is that even possible? Because right. everything that we do typically is seen in uh, partner forms and whatnot. So if I don't have a partner, it seems like, what is there for me to right, do? Right. right, and the easy answer, of course, is like, well, find a way to get a, you know what I mean? To find a way find to get a partner. To get a partner. Well, <laughs> no, like, find no. a way to train at an Aikido dojo, but not everyone uh, has, right. I mean, yeah, right. not everyone has that that. Right, luxury. and you know, sometimes maybe we're on vacation, or we're oh, in yeah. a hotel, yeah. or stuck somewhere, or in prison, incarceration, you, you know that. Uh, you can, uh, you can always, <laughs> are you talking from experience? <laughs> I feel like if you uh, tell anyone that you do Aikido, you will instantly have a partner because they will go, oh yeah, what, how's that work? And then you can like, they'll be like, yeah. how, how good your training you'll say, be is. You'll say, grab my wrist. <laughs> oh, God. And then they will. We've talked about that one. Uh, um. So anyway, uh, but that being said, while it seems like you should not be able to train very well, uh, solo train in Aikido, you, there, there are you actually can. We did yeah. a little bit of pre-gaming thing about it, and it was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Those so, are all things. So we had some do. rough uh, types that I think we'll kind of break through and talk about. There's solo training. If you already study Aikido or have studied Aikido, you know basically what Aikido is. How do you train? And then also there's how do you train Aikido if you've never done Aikido before? You know, so you're interested in it, but it's not in your area. How could you train Aikido? Um if, if uh, you've never done it before. Um, and then, you know, also in that, the various types of solo training and what they mean, you know? So like there's true solo training, which I think is probably the, the first subject we should hit, which is like, you know, I know Aikido, I'm totally by myself, how do I train Aikido? Um, and then the, the kind of rough things we came up with were, uh, you know, you can do exercises, um, so meaning you can get in physically better shape, right? So you can work on your cardio, you can work on your leg strength, you can work on your upper body strength, you can improve your physicality overall. Stretching, you can. Yeah, stretching, stretching getting more limber. More, yeah. 
yeah, um, become more explosive, all that stuff. Um, so there's, there's, you know, an aspect of it. Um, you can also work on footwork. So footwork's a big part of Aikido um, and doing a lot of solo footwork. I mean, I know I've done hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of hours right, of right. solo training, uh, just working footwork, working little details of footwork. I think that's a footwork. really big one, you know, that I would suggest for people. Um, and the, the difficulty there is uh, trying to figure out what that footwork would even be, because I know a lot of times it's like, um, you know, you, you, you would then have to break down some of the stuff. I mean, we've done it uh, at our school, but other schools may not have as much, so it would be like, well, what do I even work on footwork-wise, yeah. you know? So. Footwork's a tricky one, too. You know, I, I consistently, every martial arts system I've studied, aside from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, like ground-centric martial arts, footwork's a big topic where they say, oh, you have to have good footwork. And then the teachers really tend to not go on right. and talk about, about what good what footwork is, is yeah. you know? Like, most of my understanding of good footwork came from studying other things, right? Like studying runners, studying dance, studying other things where people um, use their feet a lot. And it's like, oh, okay, these are the consistently the same things. And Aikido was pretty much just uh, have good footwork, the right. end. Good luck right, with right, that, right, you know? Right, right. right. Yeah, so that's why to me it's like, yeah, I, I, do, I do agree with you that footwork's a good one. And it's one that's really simple. Um, and I suppose like just in the most basic form, you could just do your tenkan, ibimi tenkan, ibimi, right. and just do that all day long and yeah. really practice on getting good and quick and tight with those turns. Um, and that will help you immensely. So Yeah, I mean, one of the things I would recommend for that actually is, you know, so basic turning, basic entering drills, um, be able to do them solo really efficiently. Um, so it takes no thought to, to go right into them and then start combining them and see how many combinations you can make that flow nicely one into the next. Because that's really all Aikido is in a sense is being able to string all those different footwork patterns together seamlessly. A lot of times it's uh, I'll start class with a little bit of like, I don't know, I just call it like shadow giawaza, you uh -huh. know, which is just like, like shadow just, boxing. Just but... like shadow boxing. Do you just move around as if people were coming in to attack you at in various uh, configurations and, um, you know, just do those things. It's funny. That's exactly what I was just going to suggest was like, well, you could just imagine people coming yeah, at you yeah. and like, Oh, I want to face over there now. And I want to get over there. And what's the most efficient way physically to move myself there and footwork wise, don't cross yourself, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's <clears> a good one. Um, weapons training is, a, is oh, another yeah, huge training. area. Uh, and weapons is a, it's a little bit of a cheat because, uh, you do have a partner, the partner's the yeah, weapon. So, right. Um, and Josh likes to say this a lot uh, in his classes to tell students that, you know, you're making I-key with the weapon. The weapon has its own way that it wants to be, and you have your own way that you want to be, and you have to make those fit together so they're seamless and smooth. I feel like this was a big one for me uh, when I finally took it upon myself to uh, start doing weapons work. And, I, you know, I would just spend, you know, every weekend I would do maybe like an hour or a couple hours just on my own uh all of the you know as much of the the joe syllabus as i could do as much of the boken syllabus as i could do just on my own so i would just do the saburi i would just you know i would do a lot of times i would do the partner forms uh one side or the other right or switch them back and see if i could remember in my head okay this is my move that's their move this is my that mentally is an um, awesome exercise for uh being able to quickly understand spatially what's happening yeah um with uh, with other people and being able to you know as a teacher that uh, doing a lot of that training myself has been indispensable because i can often look at people and i can understand what's wrong right. because i can imagine what's right, right and and see what they're doing and be like oh okay this is you know 
And I feel like when I started doing that, um, everything got really, like, everything bumped up for me in terms of the body usage, oh, yeah, body, your body mechanics, mechanics all that kind of stuff. Because the weapon forces you to move correctly w with it. Otherwise, it, it's just going to feel dumb and you're going to... So uh, if you can understand what you're supposed to do and just practice with that, I mean, I, I think um, your body mechanics, everything's going to... For, really for body mechanics, so. the weapons, and particularly the Joe, because it's longer, they're like a big magnifying glass. All of your mistakes are magnified, and it's easier to see your mistakes. Like when you're crossing your hands up or moving into a weird position or not moving from your hips, the weapon will quickly do something weird that you can see and go, oh, I'm doing something wrong because the weapon's not moving smoothly anymore. Well, and I would imagine, too, if you have something to hit or to thrust at or, you know, something to oh, right. move sure. off of, yeah. you know. This is, like, Ueshiba did a lot of this kind of training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I hitting... feel like it would, it would give you a better sense of if your body's aligned right, right you right. know. Like even just going up to and, uh, you know, uh, with your with your bokeh and, you know, getting your, your body all on one side and, and kind of like leaning into the wall right. or something and seeing how can I align my body to... Um, so that my thrust is the most well-aligned yeah, right. and most solid. I had solid. a yeah. tree in the backyard. I would just hit or thrust or, you know. Yeah. Um, and you quickly see, well, that was weird. You know, right. I hit this and it either didn't feel powerful or the Joe was flying out of my hand yeah. or any of a, a, a hundred other things. And, and you can quickly ascertain the problem and, and fix On the side with that, too, um, for your weapons training, you have to hit stuff to have efficient weapons. You know, I've seen... Aikido instructors, you know, post videos that are like advanced weapon techniques. And within, you know, the first four movements of watching them move, I can go, oh, you've never hit anything. Because the way you'll move after you've hit something a lot is very different than how you move if you've never hit anything. And so that kind of training is absolutely essential. I mean, not just is it good solo training, it's just good weapons training, period. You have to hit stuff to understand what's going to happen to the weapon when you're hitting stuff because that's what you're practicing. Practicing hitting another person is what it is, but but hitting anything will start to give you that feedback of how the weapon's going to feel in your hands. Yeah. And that's all stuff that, you know, I think when I was like really doing it a lot, you know, it was maybe, maybe an hour of that, but probably less. You know, it was like 15 minutes, 20 minutes to run through all the Joe stuff, 15, 20 minutes to run through all the Bo Ken stuff. Um, and, you know, that was it. Oh, it's so. really great. And, and also, you know, like, if you have the luxury of having a backyard you can set up for this or a garage or some kind of space you can set up, the stuff you need is really simple, you know? So if you can find a tire and, I mean, I don't know, we live where there are tires <laughs> fairly abundant. Um, but I imagine most people, you walk along the railroad tracks, you can you find can a find tire, tire pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a tire is a great thing to hit. A uh, bundle of sticks is a great thing to hit. So you can get a bunch of sticks, bundle them up, tie them up at the end, put them across a couple of uh, sawhorses, and you can hit those sticks. Um, I used to have, in the backyard, I took a big old gymnasium mat and I wrapped it around a tree so it wouldn't destroy the tree. And we'd hit the tree and that's, you that's know, body-like. Nice. That nice it was a great training tool. And then um, I took a tire and hung it high so it was like head height. Um, the tire's great too because you can work Joe stuff thrusting through the tire. Then you can pull out to make sure you're pulling it all the way back on your uh, subet. Pull back all the way and then come down and hit um, at head height. And then we had a free-swinging punching bag that was really good for that. Um, so, you know, it's easy to set up and cheap to set up implements that you can hit. And that hitting will give you a lot of feedback and, and be good, make you stronger and also teach you how to properly align strikes. I think going off of that too, just like you meant, you briefly mentioned this right at the beginning, but exercising just in any way, I feel like will better condition you to when, whenever you can go back into the dojo, you know, because it's like if you're not able to 
um, you know, have the stamina to go all the way through class, then then it doesn't matter what you can do, you know, right. if you can't. Like, so, like, you know, just exercising and getting stronger and part of holding a weapon is being strong enough to hold the to weapon, hold the weapon. Yeah, for, right, for an hour right, or whatever. Right, right. So I yeah. think, like, um, I wouldn't... This is the first thing when I was thinking about it earlier this week about solo training. I was like, well, I mean, I just exercise if, right, you know, right. if I couldn't go to class. And, and think um, about that exercise. You know, so while all general exercise is good, you know, pull-ups, push-ups, squats, all these things are good. Um, think of what you're going to need for Aikido training, right? Which is a lot of like getting down, getting up. I mean, there's a ton mm-hmm. of getting down, yeah, getting right. up in Aikido, right? Mm-hmm. Um, quick footwork drills, like explosive plyometric footwork drills, you know, getting used to doing that because you need that in Aikido. Um, mm-hmm. So think of like what Aikido requires of you mm-hmm. and, and try and simulate that in your exercising. Uh, yeah. So what about, and one of the other things we wrote down here, and I think this is a good one that I don't do enough, um, which is like the meditation breathing right. uh i i would consider that like uh mindfulness, mindfulness awareness yeah. uh yeah. presence be a Kokyu, to be present Kokyu and zanshin you know i mean they require the ability to do these things you know and, and meditation is a huge one uh and i'm gonna you know there's a million ways to meditate and a million philosophies on meditation um i'll tell you what i basically think of meditation meditation is uh, a practice to learn to be aware even when you want to be lulled into thinking about other stuff, right? And sitting down is a perfect time to do it because there's nothing else going on right. besides you right. sitting there. And so it's so easy for your mind to just wander to whatever, you know, like what am I going to eat for lunch or whatever. Um, but the, the the objective of meditation, as far as we practice it in relation to Aikido, is to stay completely aware of everything and be a part of everything while not drifting somewhere else. It's funny, so I did... A fair amount of meditation when I was a kid, my mom would take me to do some of that stuff, and I always felt like I like, am I meditating yet? You know, <laughs> like, like as a kid, you know, I was like, am I meditating yet? Oh man, no, I'm not. Like, you know, because as soon as you think, am I meditating yet? Then right. you're not and really you're meditating right, anymore. Right. You know. But the thing is, is you are like, I don't know. It took. We had a conversation about this a while back, um, but uh, uh, the the process of pulling your mind back to where it should be, which is in the present, is right. the act of meditating, meditating you know? Right. So it's so. like, you can't be too hard on yourself about like, ah, I wasted 20 minutes, I was so, my mind was everywhere. And it's like, yeah, but you kept pulling yourself back and right, that's right. what matters, you know? Right. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I mean, I also think that, yeah, just the act of, if, if you can at least be aware enough of it, um, just the act of sitting there for 20 minutes, regardless of what your mind right, the is The discipline doing, to sit there. Um, yeah. Is, is the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you should be able to try to, like, when you realize your mind is drifting, pull it in, pull it in, pull it in. Right. It drifts. That's fine. Pull it in. Um, but just the act of yeah. being there and sitting for 20 minutes. You know, sometimes, like, I'll do this just at home where it's like I have nothing to do. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they turn on the TV. Sure. They turn on the stereo. Distraction, distraction, blah, distraction. Blah, blah, blah. I will just – nothing. You know, just – I just – quiet. Let's have – whatever the the room noise is right yeah and that's fine and i so i think that's um not you know not giving yourself anything to get attached to just right sit you know mind is uh, in and of itself a good thing so and i think like with all these things that we've talked about so far and what we will still talk about is like um it, you will get out of it whatever you put in i don't know that's i think right. like People sometimes with meditation especially are like ah that's some hippie bullshit or you know that's it's a waste of 20 minutes or you know I couldn't I be doing something better with myself than sitting for 20 I mean, I've thought that you know what's the point of sitting for 20 minutes you know um, but I feel like 
whatever you put into it is exactly what you'll get out of it. Exactly so if right. you see it as I'm sitting and I'm bored for 20 minutes, then that's exactly what you did is you wasted 20 minutes. Yep. But if you can take it as I'm learning to discipline myself, it's not really supposed to be fun necessarily, but I'm learning to discipline myself. I'm learning to stay really present, present and be aware of my body and the room and um, the same with the, the footwork stuff, you know, you could easily be like, I'm just freaking right. dancing around. Right. Right. Why am I doing 2010 cons? I'm just right. going in a circle. This is dumb. You right. know, I think that sometimes we get into that space yeah. of what's the point of that. That's yeah. so stupid. I'm, this is an Aikido, you know, I'm just turning in a circle. Blah, you know, you could think of it that way sure. or you could pay way good attention and see how, where your balance is at. And right. you know what I mean? Like, right. and guaranteed if it. you do that, you will realize you that you are not as good at turning as you think, you know, yeah. Yeah. like, and I've done it a lot and there, every time I do it, it's like, Oh, this feels shitty. Yeah. You know, um, which is the way it should be. Right. I mean, you, because, uh, when we walk around, we're always micro adjusting and different things are happening. So yeah, it feels, it should if you're really paying attention, it will feel crappy just to move around the world, you yeah. know? Uh, so I think if you can force yourself to really pay attention, you know. There's that little story about Osensei that one of the students asked him, you know, Osensei, how come you never make mistakes? And he said, I make mistakes all the time. I just fix them so quick you can't tell. And uh, I, I think that's really telling about, like, really focusing on your training. Because if you really focus, you will see you suck, right? Like, uh, I, get, I suck. I suck all the time. And it's funny because uh, now, like, when I see videos and stuff, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look horrible. You know, like, it felt horrible because I was really focused on it. It looks okay. It looks passable, you know? Because um, as you get deeper and deeper inside yourself, you'll see the little micro mistakes you're making. And, like, that's what the practice is in the long term is, like, learning to get better and better on a really minute level. Yeah, I feel that sometimes in class where I'm like, oh, that was horrible. And then I'll look over and you'll be walking by and you'll give me like a, an approving nod or something. And I'm just like, what did you see? Because I was not, that was not what I was feeling. Right. But it's, it's, it's good feedback to know, okay, it doesn't look nearly as bad as it feels. So it's, right. it's nice to have that feedback sometimes. But knowing also that there's always room for improvement and, you know, footwork's not just footwork. Footwork is a super integral part of what you're doing. Right. You know, and that it's never not good to practice it <laughs> that brings up another really good point which is also you know be sure that what you're you're thinking is a mistake is a mistake you know because yeah, right, right. yeah, a lot of yeah, times yeah, stuff yeah. will feel awkward and it might be right just because yeah. you're not used to right. moving in that way you know so so have a clear idea of what it is you're trying to achieve you know with TinCon, what are you trying to achieve and it's like i'm turning duh but it's like, yeah, but how are you turning while you're turning? Are you turning under pressure? Is someone pushing you while you're turning? Is there no one there while you're turning? Uh, is it a slippery surface when you're turning? Understand the objective of the footwork you're you're using yeah. and, and what is good and bad and why it could be good and bad because most things could be both good and bad at the right. same time depending on how you look at it, you know? That's what I was thinking about the, the weapon stuff is like I feel like you know, having at least a little bit of direction with it is helpful because at first everything feels awkward and yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Even the right, you know, yeah. the oh, right yeah. thing feels awkward and stupid. So like the good thing is though, like if you hit something, you'll correct. I mean, it, it will, will teach it you. It will correct. You know, it's right. self-correcting. You don't have to mess with it. Yeah, know? and just to, to keep going with it. You know what right, I mean? Right, like right. to ha to to push through. I don't know. I feel like we talked about this when we were talking about starting Aikido. You know, there's a definite hump to get over when you try something new, whatever that, whether it's to do Aikido for the first time or if it's a new technique or a new weapons thing, like, so let yourself get over that hump before you judge. Right, um, right. Because it's going to feel bad for a bit. Right. Um, this kind of leads us yeah. to another part of solo training now, which is um, solo training with 
uh, it's not really solo training. You're training with someone else. They just don't know yeah, that they're training yeah. with you, which is like stuff where you're moving through crowds. You know, um, good place to practice footwork is moving through a crowd. Go to right? Walmart. Finding spaces <laughs> and the timing to slide through yeah. um, is a really great place to practice footwork and body placement and how you get into tight areas and out of tight areas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no one will even know you're practicing, but um, you just slide through, you know, the mall or a parade or whatever it is that you happen yeah. to be, you know. That's my favorite freaking thing going to music festivals. My number one favorite thing is to move through the crowd as efficiently without bumping into anyone. Um, you know, when I'm by myself, it's hard when there's people with me. But when I'm just moving somewhere, you know, I'm running to the bathroom or something, like how quickly I can dodge around people and, um, uh, you know, feel where they're going and avoid where their trajectory is, if they're going to stop, move around them. My favorite freaking thing, I was at a music festival with some of my friends. And uh, we had like this big stream of people that we had to get across to go to where we wanted to go. And it was like a river of people. Um, and uh, they were, we were all kind of, the three of us were trying to like cross and we we're waiting for a good moment. And I just went. And it was kind of, it was cool. It was a very like meditative kind of flow state thing. Because I, I wasn't like, I just kind of let it happen. And uh, my friends were like, they, they came, when they met me across, they were like, that was like Frogger. Like you perfectly <laughs> just timed that to where it was just like, totally seamless there was no stopping it just was perfect and it's one of my favorite things because it, it forces you to you know all at one time you know pay attention to how you're moving and moving efficiently and also paying attention to where people are going and where you know where their trajectories are and how to avoid them and you know it, it's it's cool i like it a lot <laughs> another thing i used to do uh when in this on the same vein i used to do this a lot when i'd be in uh on the bus or on the train um i would try and walk from one end of the bus to the train as evenly as possible without having to grab anything so like you know the bus is stopping and starting and going left and right and i would try and walk in a perfectly straight line as if i would be unbothered by the bus make so i'd have to make really quick micro adjustments when the when the bus turned or whatever right or the train um and like so it, it's really difficult and it teaches you quickly like how to make adjustments really fine adjustments something you're not expecting because yeah. bus is just doing different stuff you know that's cool and you make lots of mistakes that. and fall on your face sometimes too, but it's good practice. <laughs> I think also uh, going back to sort of the meditative or the the, the paying attention state, um, just when you're out, being able to pay attention to people uh, yeah. and your surroundings and yes. try to be like, all right, what's that dude's intention? You know, what is he doing? And or if you want to do this, uh, although it's, it could be dangerous, get your intention and see if you can put it on someone oh, yeah, man. and see what happens, you know. Um, that way, and can you get them to re, you know, feel it and, and when respond? You, when you start playing with intention, another world will open up to you. And I, I don't mean to sound metaphysically or anything, but this is just the truth of it. Another world will open up where, where you can change things subtly and people don't even know it's changing. Um, you can bother people. You can make people feel at ease. When you start playing with intention and understanding who's putting intent out and who's not, you know, uh, I've got tons of stories like, you know, I remember there was this dog I used to walk by all the time and it's a dog, you know, it doesn't know what I'm doing. And it was a real grumpy dog. He used to always bark at me when I'd go to lunch. And so I used to try and feed it to be friends with the dog, you know, and this went on for like two months and the dog, you know, never was my friend. You know, the dog would just eat up the food I gave it and was still mad at me, you know, and it was on a chain and it would like try to get me, you know, on the chain and pull real hard. And uh, one day I got furious at the dog and uh, I didn't do anything, you know, I didn't yell or anything, you know, I'm at work, I'm not going to be an asshole or anything, but I just looked at the dog and I was so angry at the dog for, you know, my two months work and the dog still didn't care. 
And the dog felt my intent and literally turned around and ran the other way, hit the chain on the other side, and it pulled it down. You know, like it flipped out. The dog flipped out because my intent was so strong. And I didn't, you know, raise my voice. I didn't make a face. I didn't pick up a fist. I didn't anything. My intent was just immediately, I don't like you, you know? And then the second the dog did that, it shocked me and I relaxed and the dog came right back on the chain towards me, you know? So, like, it was amazing to watch this animal just quickly pick up on what my intent was, you know? Wow. Another thing you can do, and I, used to, I do this, I still do this every now and then. I used to do it a lot. Um, it's kind of weird. But uh, when yeah. I would move through a crowd. What I was saying. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful yeah. with these things. When I'd move through a crowd, I would force people to move aside for me. Oh, yeah, so yeah, the yeah, opposite yeah. of what we were talking about earlier, yeah. instead of like, you know, veering through, I would create an intent that is like a knife. I'm cutting through this and everyone needs to move out of my way. And you'll be amazed when you hit the intent correctly how everyone will just part the Red Sea for you. You know, like it will just true. get right out of your way. I, I've done that too uh, when I was in college and I, you know, especially at first when I didn't really have any friends, I would sit uh, at the dining hall and sit and eat kind of by myself and um, I would people watch and, you know, at certain times of day it'd get really busy and people would weave through the tables and they're carrying their trays of food, not paying attention and it was comical at times, people bumping into each other, not paying attention and, but I noticed there were certain people that would walk and people would move out of their way. And like, you know, it was usually the kind of like bro-y types that were like really big and tall and um, just kind of walked with purpose too. You know, they had total confidence. And uh, so I started wondering like, I wonder if I walked towards those people, like, you know, I, I kind of played chicken a little uh -huh. bit with yeah, it. Yeah, movable objects. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. But I, I started going like, I wonder if I could be like one of them and that if people would move out of my way. Because my intent, my usual mode is if I see someone moving towards me, I'll move out of the way. Because it's just like, oh, okay, like we're, I don't want to crash and I'm trying to be pay attention here. And so then I was like, no, maybe I can switch my intention so that I'm the one that people move for. Right. And, and it, was, it was fun to play around with that. And right. See how it worked or didn't work or... Um, or anything like that. So I think it's cool. It's really cool. So this is all for people who have who understand a little bit about Aikido, all the stuff we've talked about so far. But um, let's now talk about someone who wants to get into Aikido, let's say, doesn't really know all that much. I mean, maybe they've seen some video, whatever. Um, not a school around. They have no choice but to do some kind of solo training. Where where do where where do you start? What do you do? I mean, some of the things might be the same, but yeah. So in lots of ways, the world's so much easier for this now. Like, uh, you know, I first heard about Aikido. I think I was ten years old or something, eleven years old, and uh, I got a book that was talking about Aikido, and I read it, and I tried to do Aikido stuff with people, uh, and it just I didn't even know what it was. You know, like I didn't know what it was. I read this book, but I didn't know what it was. I was trying to do it, and uh, you know, I knew that like it didn't resist people, and that you moved with people and stuff. I don't know. I tried it, and I had lots of mistakes, but I. I I, everything was just in my imagination as to what it looked like because I just read a book. You know, I right. didn't. I didn't know. Were there even pictures in this book? Uh, yeah, there were some pictures. I think it was a Bruce Tinninger uh, book. It's horrible. Um, uh, he's, he's an interesting guy. Uh, anyways, uh, that's a aside. But, um, but yeah, there were some pictures. But you know, they kind of bad pictures, and uh, you know, I didn't know what it was. You know, and so um, so nowadays you have you know tons of written articles. I mean, if you want to read about Aikido, you can read it all day. Um, books are readily available on, you know, Amazon or wherever it is you like to get books from. I'm not plugging Amazon unless they want to give us some money. I'll start yeah. plugging them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> videos. But, um, yeah, videos. There's tons of videos on YouTube and stuff, there's you know, a like, podcast. Uh, yeah, there's a podcast you can listen for. to. Um, but, but, you know, so there's a lot of material out there for you to, 
to see what Aikido is and get involved with Aikido. Um, it's still hard though to understand what's right and wrong, right? And, and, and right and wrong uh, can be subjective. So you have to decide what you want out of Aikido and then uh, look at people talking about those things and practice them and see if you can get someone else to practice them with you. That'd be fantastic. Um, but on your own, you know, same kind of things we talked about would go with someone who, who doesn't know Aikido too. Um, the weapons are, are going to be hard, but you could piecemeal through it, you know, um, and then see if you can get to uh, someone who is uh, good at Aikido and maybe do a seminar or attend a couple classes. And then when you go back on your own, you know, if you had the opportunity to be Uchideshi, that'd be fantastic. You know, so you get in, get a little live-in experience for a while and then go back to your solo practice. Yeah, I think, and I would recommend if you're brand new, um, probably starting with the, like, find basic videos, you know, like, don't immediately jump into, you know, you're doing Shihonage, you know, uh, whatever, like, start with the basic footwork, like, stuff we talked about, you know, start with different, I mean, I do a role. right, different yeah, people uh, on instructing role videos, and, and watch a bunch of videos about different people's videos about roles, watch a bunch of different videos about people saying what are the, what's the essential footwork, you know, like, start with that basic stuff, because that will be the, the pieces of the techniques later, and so I know you're, if, you, if you are someone that's interested in starting Aikido, and you know, you're super gung-ho about it, and there's not even a dojo near you, you must really, really care about it, like, give yourself some time to work on those pieces before jumping into something a little bit harder, because then you're learning the footwork, plus the handwork, plus you're doing a technique, and, you know, there's just yeah. a bunch more things you're having to deal with all at once, rather than just getting some of the footwork a little more comfortable, getting some of the rolls a little more comfortable, like, you know, start yourself slow, uh, give yourself time to make mistakes and stuff. Yeah. Um, Ask people to grab your wrist. Yeah, <laughs> so we didn't really talk about this, but like, grab my wrist. What about you know people who have done some Aikido and they're trying to do solo training, and maybe I don't know, people that are learning. Uh, what about working with someone who's an untrained, you know, their, your girlfriend or your yeah. best friend or whatever? Yeah. So uh, in that case, and and honestly, I think a lot of Aikido people super struggle with this because the other person doesn't know how to take ukimi, right? They don't know how to fall safely. Right. They don't know how to do the techniques, right? So to me, the first part you have to start with, if you're going to, you know, you're not an Aikido teacher, you've done some Aikido, you got some friends who uh, who want to do Aikido or your girlfriend or whatever, right? And you, you want to do Aikido. Um, you have to understand what it is you're teaching them first, not just... What you need to, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, like, you know, I remember uh, I had I had taught a little as an assistant instructor here, and when I moved to L.A. and I started doing MMA, uh, some of the people I were living with was like, oh, you're a black belt in Aikido, you know? Like, um, can you teach us some Aikido stuff? And these are people who never looked at Aikido, don't yeah. really care about Aikido. I mean, they're just, you know, it's right, just a, yeah, a fun yeah, way yeah, to spend yeah, an evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't care about Aikido. Um, they've never seen it before. They don't know what it is. Um, and so I started teaching them Katate Dori Taino Hinko Sotomori, um, and you know, they're like, what the fuck good is this? Right. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I was like, well, you guys wanted to learn Aikido. And they're like, what is, what is yeah, this like, dude? Like turning around. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's funny because like when they asked me to teach them, I just thought of it like, okay, here's where we start new students. We start right, them with right, right, right. that's what we start with. Um, and not thinking about like what I wanted them to get out of it or what right, they right. wanted out of it or, you know, so like, you know, think about what it is you want, you know? So if you're thinking about like, oh, I want them to do Nikyo. Why? Right. Right? Do you want them to use it as a control? Do you want them to use it as an escape? Do you want them to use it as a disarm? Do you want them... I mean, these are all viable things with Nikyo, if that's what... And, and more importantly, 
why the Nikyo? Why is Nikyo? You know, like, you know, like, oh, I want to teach you how to do Nikyo off of a jab. Why? Why would you do Nikyo off a jab? Because it's a really good opportunity when people who don't know anything about Aikido and don't care about Aikido like you care about Aikido because they will ask you these blunt-ass questions that you're like, oh, I I just signed up for the classes and they said do it, so I did it, you know? And you got to start understanding, like, why would Kodagaish be a good option here? Right, right. So be clear on what it is you want to show them and why you want to show them and be ready to answer a lot of questions that you might not be ready to answer. For instance, you know? what if? Yeah. Dot, oh, dot, dot. Yeah. Well, what if I hit you right. here? That's exactly well, I what mean, if I, you know. So much of like when I first started, that was like, show me something. And then I would and then it would be like, well, what if? And then it would just be like, I would just leave then. I don't know. Like what, you know? Like yeah. I have no, there's no, the answer is... If you did this, I would do this, and that can go on forever, and that's the the crux of Aikido, right? It's like the answer to the, I mean, it's the crux of all martial arts, I guess. Uh, but people don't want that, you know? That it's like, well, what if I hit you? Well, then I would grab your arm and <clears throat> like, yeah, you might hit me in the face. I don't know. That's a, my answer to my friends was always like, well, then you would hit me, and I would be mad because we're friends, and you're saying like, right, you know? right. And yeah. this is another good, brings up another good point. Be ready to prep them with what's going to happen because if they've never been kneed right, before, right, it's going right, to hurt. Right. If they've never been thrown on their ass, they might land on their arm and hurt right, their right. arm. You know, like there are lots of things that you've got to remember. Like this person's brand new, and what what do we want out of the practice? Yeah, you know? don't don't be, be don't be an asshole and be thoughtful because as the person who knows even minutely more than the other person, right, right. it's on you. Whatever right. happens, it's right. on you. Um, and some people may deserve to get tweaked a little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying you should do it. Use your I'm use your best judgment yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the untrained people, I think it's uh, just be clear about who you're picking. You know, because if it, if it is people that have done other martial arts, they're probably more likely to have questions asked. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. where if it's someone like, you know, maybe you you talk with the person a little bit about like, you know, hey, how willing would you be to to work with me on some stuff? And you know, if they're just kind of like open-minded and like, well, sure, I'll do anything, then maybe that's a better person to pick because, you know, if they do ask you those questions and you say, I'm, I'm not sure yet, they're cool with that. You know, like you want to work with people that want to, that are, are open to learning as much as you are. Right. Because I think that if you, it, it might be frustrating to work with someone that's just asking you all these, you know, rapid fire questions and you don't right. have answers and they're like, well, this is dumb then. It's like, right. no, you're learning. So of course you don't have all the answers. So it's okay right. to... Find someone that's cool with that. Um, but uh, anything else? Is that it? <laughs> I, good. Another, I think, yeah. One more thing I would like to hit really quick is, you know, a part of being able to do Aikido is being calm in a crazy situation. So when you find yourselves in one of life's regular arguments, oh, confrontations, yeah, yeah. problems, see if you can keep your cool. Add extra focus to keeping your cool because that's a lot of what Aikido is about is yeah. in a crazy situation being able to be pure of mind, straight yeah. and cleared away and not, not anxious and all wrapped up in the situation. I do this you know? a lot where uh, I just had this uh, situation. Uh, I had my car taken in with this whole thing. Uh, and uh, it wasn't working out the way that I had wanted it to work out. And so uh, part of me was getting amped. I was mad. I was like, this motherfucker, you know. <laughs> to, you know. Um, but I was able to, like, step that back and go, no, it doesn't. it's not a big deal. We can figure out a way around it all, um, and I think that's a good point. You know, to be able to 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 um, just keep a cool mind and be present with the situation and realize that like the 
the stuff that you're attaching to your this uh, situation you might be in isn't necessarily uh, real. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and also to like uh, realize, I think what what is it that you want out of the situation, and what does the other person want out of the situation? And it's like in that situation, you guys both just want to you want to get your car, and he wants to do his job, right, and so right it's up. like there's no there's no help there, in you right. getting no out sense of him. In me and, yeah. Right, because that's going to just work out worse, you know? And if it's someone that you're in a relationship with, whether it's a friend or, a, you know, a significant Same other or whatever, like, you both want to preserve your relationship, right. you know? So hopefully. It's, it's yeah. not, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Everything comes with a caveat in this show. Bitter pills, bitter pills. Hopefully, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, who real ha- talk. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> real talk. But, you know, so you both, wanna, you both want a good outcome with a good, you know, to have a better relationship right, with that yeah. person. So if yeah. there's a problem, it's the two of you against the problem rather than right. you against the other person. Kokyu Musubi Wase Zanshin isn't just physical, right? It's, a, you know, it's it's a way of living. It's a way to approach problems, you know. And having that Zanshin to realize after this argument is over, we still have right. to yes. know each other. Yes, there's another right. argument coming. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Josh gave away a lot of his life today. <laughs> But no, yes, that once this is done, like, yeah, the, you're... We still have to be around yeah. each other. Yep. We still have to yep. work in the same place, yeah, yeah. you know? We're still in the same dojo. Like, Except this is yeah. important. Um, yeah, well, I think that was a good... Yeah. I hope that that gave people some things to work with. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's you know, if you are creative at all... You'll and figure you, it out. Yeah. you want to train, you'll find ways to train. Yeah. I mean, I, I found myself training in all kinds of weird ways in different times because I wanted to train right. and I had to figure it out. Standing in line, like I always, you know, standing in line at the bank or whatever, doing tank on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, rolling, rolling on the. On oh, the maybe this is something else we should say also. Be uh, mindful of your significant other's uh, tolerance for you <laughs> twisting on the joints because True. we've all been there. Where uh, the girlfriend, boyfriend, they get a lot of sankyos and nikyos and yonkyos. Why are you grabbing me like that? Yeah. I'm just just trying to. Be nice to your family and your friends and your significant others. And they'll probably be willing to put up with your uh, eccentric You're going to do it anyway. Like, that's just, you know. And if you start talking about... As they're standing next to you, you'll just grab (laughs) them in that sankyo. And that goes for talking about martial arts as well. Make yeah. sure that they, you don't talk their ear off too much. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you again to uh, Robert for uh, suggesting that. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. For us. Hopefully we gave you something that, that you can use or at least think about. Um, if you have any other, and this is to everyone that's listening, not just Robert, but if you have other suggestions, please feel oh, free yeah. to let us know. We, we love that one. Uh, so that we will have stuff to talk about. Otherwise, it's Josh just, came up with a good subject for next week. Yeah, so though. next week, uh, I, I would like to talk about um, women in Aikido. I'd like to talk about <laughs> women. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, no, women in Aikido and, and, and why the martial art uh, might be, I personally think it is, um, good for uh, women in a self-defense contact uh, context. Um, so I think, I'd and also, also small men like myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, maybe to add on, I don't know how much time we'll have next week, but I think I'd also like to talk about, um, you know, uh, g- just you know, gender and training or sure, whatever. Yeah. Like, that'd uh, be cool when that comes up on the map. Yeah, and, I, and it's it very inevitably like, does because you know shit happens, and so talking about dudes don't want to throw you very like super right, hard, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah 
so not only getting or people men. like women into the art because I think it's great for everyone, but also how to treat each other when you're in the you know when you're on the mat when you're working together with people and you know stuff you know gi problems and right, right. things like that. So I think that would be a really good thing to talk. Gi about. Gi problems is probably really good like advice out there because there's yeah. a lot of people. I mean, you know, I've had women come to me and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't I don't have to deal with that. Like, uh, <laughs> let a, me refer you that's to an interesting uh, problem. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and believe me, it does happen. <laughs> So let's go ahead and I uh, see you pulled it up there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to thank our patrons. Hey, yeah. Patrons. Thank you, Woo! patrons. Thanks, patrons. Um, we have Lenny Acuna, Matt Riley, Warwick Dean, Jim Sullivan, and Grant Templin. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Very much. All of much your appreciated. Um, it makes it way easier to be able to have all the stuff up on yeah. uh, SoundCloud now and on all whatever uh, uh, podcast listening service you use. Um, we're still, I think we're still in the process of getting maybe one more episode uh, up to have see, everything. 16, 18 are the last two left. 16, Woo-hoo! 18. So, so two episodes left. They'll probably be up this week. So you can go back. If you haven't been listening to us since mm-hmm. the beginning, go back and get caught up. Because there's some, yeah, there's some you, good ones. Thank you for bearing with us as we've been trying to upload these. And there have been some, a couple mix-ups and, you know, I don't always get on it immediately in terms of like, so Chris will upload them and then I go back and name them and whatever. So well, show notes and whatnot. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so sometimes there's a little bit of a lag there. So thanks for bearing with us and everybody being really cool about that. Um, we super appreciate all your and, support. And thank you to Maya for also footing the bill for the rest of the oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the SoundCloud thing. Yes. Well, so uh, also we should say uh, Maya Solana McDaniel, uh, Patreon. Right, right. Um, so well, if you I would mean, like to yeah. help Maya out so she doesn't have to do all the show notes and log all the stuff, uh, you could become one of our patrons too. I feel like we're an NPR uh, station. Right I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks so much, guys. We no, really but, appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. Super a lot. Um, as always, you can find us on a bunch of different podcasts. Posts, yeah, wherever and you, you can find, find us on Facebook and Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, wherever. Aikidostudent.com. And yeah. the World Wide Web. And yeah. the World Wide Web. So we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.